0: Have you seen an angry person lately? Maybe you're the angry person. Maybe you're the one who's struggling with anger and it isn't hard to see why. We are living in angry times. All you gotta do is get on the internet, check out social media. We see anger expressed almost every day, driving down the highway, watching the news. We have lots of reasons to be angry. Some of us grew up in angry homes where conflict was never resolved and it escalated into anger. But the Bible never calls anger a sin per se but it does say that the way that we express our anger can be sinful this is a great conversation and we're going to have it stick around i think you're going to be encouraged well, i'm happy that you guys have joined me today thank you for spending just a little bit of time with me i appreciate the opportunity to be piped into your living rooms and into your kitchens to the mom who's doing her laundry right now or drive into work Whatever you guys are doing, I appreciate just being a small part of your day. If you're interested in having your questions addressed here at the show, you guys know the drill. heidisaintjohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Scripture has a lot to say about anger. And I'm going to take you through a lot of those scriptures today, including how to best diffuse our own anger as well as somebody else's. And if the Bible shows us that it can be done, it can be done. The Bible also teaches us that not all anger is wrong. Righteous anger stems from anger that arises when we witness an offense against God or against his word. Righteous anger cares about others. It attacks the sin and not the sinner. I've had a lot of you asking me about my righteous indignation, my anger about the transgender movement and the lie that is being perpetrated, especially on our young people today with regard to what is happening in our schools and in the culture, and I believe, I really do believe, if, the, if Jesus was walking the earth right now, this is one issue that would just hack him off. God loves children; His heart is for children, and to see God's beautiful creation maligned this way is just unbelievable. Uh, Richard Dawkins, who is a well-known atheist, came out the other day in you know defense of J.K. Rowling, who's been obviously targeted by the LGBTQIA parentheses, asterisk, you know, super quotation mark mafia crowd. They have attacked her because she said that there are only two sexes. There are two biological sexes. This is a biological reality. And Richard Dawkins was saying, you know, of course, he doesn't believe in God and he thinks everything can be proved with science, which uh, isn't true. (laughs) There is such a thing, Mr. Dawkins' faith, and we do have to have faith for some things in this world. But- the science of biological sex is a reality, and it makes me angry. Someone sent me a video the other day. I couldn't even get through it. Somebody sent me a video the other day of a surgery that's performed, uh, what they call a male-to-female surgery that's performed on young boys. I'm, I'm not even going to describe it here. It's so graphic and so disgusting. I couldn't even watch it. I, I cried watching it, and it makes me angry. Just this, this righteous indignation wells up in my spirit because I know that we are injuring boys and injuring our daughters in the name of a, of a pseudoscience, in the name of something I believe to be absolutely demonic. And righteous anger is something that's in the Bible. It 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 shows that we care about other people, and we want to attack the sin, attack the lie, instead of attack the sinner. And this is why I keep telling you, this is not about whether or not gender dysphoria is a thing, for example uh it's a thing the question is how are we going to handle it and we have handled it so badly we have handled it in with evil intent in our hearts the transgender industry is billion dollar industry i'm going to have a guest on my show on friday that's going to talk a little bit more about this but i think we should be angry about it but listen to what the bible says in psalm verse 7 or psalm 7 verse 11 it says god is a righteous judge and a God who feels anger and indignation every day. You guys, God gets angry. God, is, God gets angry. God looks at what's happening to his children, to his creation, and it makes him angry. There is a righteous anger. Mark chapter three, verse five, he looked around at them with anger, talking about Jesus, grieved at the hardness of heart, and said to, man, stre- said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored. God's heart is always for restoration always for healing the bible says that jesus wept uh, over the sin of the people in the world that he sees it must break the heart of father god this beautiful world that he created to see it so ravaged by sin the bible says that the world is literally groaning under the weight of of, of sin and i don't know if you guys can feel it but boy how do i feel it i feel it and yet God's given us clear instruction in his word that we are not to sin in our anger. So it's not a sin for Christians to become angry. And in fact, it says this in Ephesians four twenty six. it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So it's not wrong to be angry when you see something and it makes you angry. Maybe your child has made you angry. Maybe your child has done something that deserves to be uh, deserve some, some consequence or deserves you to say, hey, no, that's not okay. It's all right to be angry. What we don't want to do is sin in our anger. And let me let, me let you in on something. For, for those of you who are relatively new to my show, you may or may not know this, but I grew up in a home with a very angry man, a very angry man. And anger, mom and dad, listen to me. Because some of you are being you know, perpetually angry at your children. Maybe your outbursts are more often than they should be. Maybe you say things in your anger that you should not say. And I'm here to tell you right now, you imprint the hearts of your children and your spouse forever with that anger. And the younger the child is exposed to that constant anger and that lack of feeling safe around you and the lack of being secure. That sin, that manifestation of whatever it is that's inside of you is injuring those around you that love you the most. And we wanna consider what is the fruit of our anger because there is fruit from it. And when we are out of control, when we say things that we shouldn't say, and we've all done it. So I'm not talking about you know the, the occasional outbursts. I have certainly been guilty of sinning in my anger, right? Uh, and I think we all do that. I'm talking about, The habit of perpetual anger, whereby you excuse your behavior and you act like a jerk to the people that are around you because you had a bad day. So you come home and you kick the dog. You guys know what I'm talking about? Or maybe you have an explosive temper that no one can predict. That is sin. And God doesn't want you to treat other people in this way or to have your life be marred by anger. And so it's important to consider what can result from our anger maybe it produces actions that are devastating to the people around us or maybe your anger can be channeled for the glory of God and it produces an action that makes the world a better place and helps people hear the gospel right so maybe your indignation so like for example my anger it's what's 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 happening to our children in the public schools was a large part it was the 2016 decision of Barack Obama to open up our bathrooms to anybody who identified as whatever biological sex they thought they were that day and i immediately i remember where i was when i heard that in the news i was in chattanooga tennessee getting ready to travel uh, to another state to speak again and i was so heartbroken i literally cried over it angry for what i knew this would do to our children and out of that anger the homeschool resource center was born and so let god channel your anger and your frustration at the sin and the wickedness that you see around you for his glory the whole, the pregnancy resource centers are a response to the anger that we should feel the righteous anger at the uh the brutal killing of the unborn in this country there are good things to do with our anger but the bad things are sometimes we retaliate sometimes we isolate you ever seen somebody gets angry and they they give you the silent treatment moms maybe you're doing that to your husband whoa 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 that is sin That is a wrong way to handle your anger and your frustration. Uh, We shouldn't be doing that. You know, uh, sometimes we uh, we injure people with our words because we're angry. That retaliation, you know, we say something that we know is going to get that person in just the right position. And maybe that causes them to potentially stray away from their faith because of the things that we did. The Bible teaches us that we should be slow to become angry And we wanna take the emotions that we are feeling uh, in whatever situation that we find ourselves in and say, Lord, help me to conform myself to the image of your son. Help me take this anger that I'm feeling, this frustration that I'm feeling and use it for something that's good. Help me to respond to the people in my life that uh, are hurting me or the situation that's hurting me in a way that brings you glory. And one obvious sign that anger has turned to sin is this, instead of attacking the problem that we're experiencing, we attack the wrongdoer. Let's look together at Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 to 19. Let's read this together. Rather speaking the truth in love, I'm gonna stop right there. So you guys know, <laughs> I am a, I am very passionate about speaking the truth. Uh, my, my life as an, as an adult has been really focused on helping people put feet to their faith i like to ask people if your faith found its voice what would it say what would god have you say to a culture that's broken and hurting and wounded and crying out for uh for the healing that comes from the lord our faith should be according to psalm 104 verse 7 a faith that speaks our faith should have a voice our faith should speak and the bible says we are called to speak the truth in love now sometimes people don't like the truth There are people that listen to this show that don't like it when I call out sin or I'll I'll say something the way that I see it or I say, hey, take your kids out of the public school system or whatever it is. But we are called to speak the truth in love. And sometimes that righteous indignation has a bite to it. That's not what God says is sin. He says to speak the truth in love uh, and we are then to grow up in every way into him who is the head. In other words, we're to grow up in in our relationship with the Lord, to mature in it. Uh, into christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love so if you can't respond in love to something if you can't speak the truth in love you're injuring your whole body not just your mouth not just the person that you're speaking to you're actually injuring your whole body your reputation the way that you operate in the world instead in verse 17 it says now this i say and testify in the lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greed, and every practice of impurity. Uh, if if you've ever experienced a callousness towards sin, I mean, the, the, to me, the easiest way to see that is by what we what we allow ourselves to watch on television. What are the images that we allow in our hearts and our homes on any given day? That's a really good way to see if you become callous towards sin. But another way is if you have just grown indifferent to your own anger, to the outburst that you have uh, against a child that's frustrating you, for example. So if you're known for just snapping at your kids and you're known for being this grumpy mother or grumpy dad, it doesn't please the Lord. The Bible says, if you're angry, don't sin in your anger. Let's look at Ephesians 4 again, only this time skip down to verse 26. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and give the devil a foothold. Boy, howdy. If that's not a, a, a advice for a good marriage, I don't know what is. To not let the sun go down on your anger. My husband and I have had this sort of rule in our marriage for a long time. And that is we try really hard not to argue after 10 p.m. Because nothing good comes from it because we're both angry. We're both frustrated. Maybe we waited too long or waited till the end of the day. And you finally say the thing that you're just like, that's been bubbling up all day long. And uh, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down in your anger. But I also want to encourage you, maybe don't uncork Pandora's box at the end of the day either. Uh, because we don't want to go to bed angry with each other. And why? Because the apostle Paul says, you're allowing the enemy then to get a foothold. He can get a foothold, which is exactly what he wants in your life. Verse 28 says, anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Again, the Bible is always others focused. The gospel is others focused. Verse 29 Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs. Why? That it might benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed from the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. The Bible has given us very clear instructions as to what God expects. He says, get rid of all anger. Let's talk for a second about angry children. Because a lot of us have had an angry child. Raising an angry child can be very challenging. And I think the key to that is to teach our children how to honor God, even when they're angry. And you guys, you've heard me say it before. You can't pass on what you don't possess. So if you want to teach your child how to be self-controlled and how to be controlled in their anger, then they can't be watching you as a parent with a lack of self-control and an inability, a seemingly unable, you're seemingly unable to control your own anger. Because all this does is show your child that you're a hypocrite. And we don't want our kids to see us as hypocrites. We, we don't, I don't mind that my kids see that I have sin problems, but I, what I don't want to do is persist in my sin. And that's why I'm saying it's not about whether or not you occasionally get angry. This is, I'm talking about uh, a callousness toward your anger, where your angry outburst at your wife or at your husband or at your children, or at your coworker doesn't bother you anymore. It should bother us. If we are yelling at people or if we are having angry outbursts, we should be going back to those people and saying, I am so sorry. I have no excuse for that. Please forgive me. I let my anger get the best of me and, and make it right. Proverbs 29, 11 says, Fools give full vent to their anger, but the wise bring calm in the end. This is a really good thing to model for your children, but also to teach them. The Bible says that when we react in anger, we are seen as a fool. And that's the truth. If you've ever watched anybody uh, lose it, then you know exactly what I mean. Like the, the videos that we saw all through COVID-19 of <laughs> people just all losing their mind in airports or on the road or uh, at a grocery store or whatever, they're seen as a fool because fools, the Bible says, give full vent to their anger. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 9, don't be quickly provoked in your spirit for anger resides in the lap of fools. Again, The Bible uh, equating an angry person to a fool. The Bible says, don't give full vent to your anger. And that leads me to the last point I wanna touch on today. And that is the topic of offense because we live in a culture that is so easily offended. We are offended over every little thing. And we have got to stop this if we're going to move forward in our relationships with other people. Just because you disagree with someone doesn't make that person your automatic enemy, and that is how we are living in the culture right now. Proverbs twenty nine eleven says, "A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense." The Greek word for offense is scandalon. It is literally the part of a trap where bait is hung. And I think in many ways, we uh, when we allow ourselves to be easily offended. If you've ever been around someone who's easily offended or you have to tiptoe around someone who's easily offended, uh, you know that it not only does it damage your relationship because pretty much they don't want to be around you. I mean, if everything that you do, uh, if everything that people say around you, you take it personally, you act on your your offense rather than let it go, uh, then you're hurting the relationships around you. Most of the things that we allow to sink into our hearts and kind of ruin our day They're me problems. They're not us problems because we're choosing to let ourselves become offended rather than let something go. And that's really what Solomon is saying here. Uh, He's just saying a person's wisdom yields patience. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. Think about what it means to have it be a glory to overlook an offense. I just think, you know what? You're going to spend a lot more time smiling and a lot less time frowning. You're going to spend a lot more time being thankful and a lot less time Being thankless or being critical, we can develop, when we are easily offended, a critical spirit. And that also does not honor God. And so as you consider your heart today and the hearts of your children especially, ask the Lord to show you, Father, do I have a heart of anger? Is my relationship with you being hindered by my anger? Is my testimony of you being injured by my anger? And as someone who grew up in a very angry home, I can tell you right now that the, the impacts of an angry parent last for a lifetime. They really do. And so I just want to encourage you, wherever you are, uh, if you're struggling with anger, take it before the Lord. Because God says it's not wrong to be angry. We need to be careful not to be easily angered, right? I mean, there there's a point at which you'd be like, really, you gotta be angry about that? You know, sorry that you just dropped that jar of pickles and broke it on the ground, but there's no reason to lose your mind over it, right? Sometimes I think we just allow ourselves to get into this habit of being easily angered. And that doesn't honor God either. But if the Bible tells you that there's a way out of that angry response, then we know that it can be done. And God wants to walk with you in this process and i'm telling you what i'm here to say it will help you have a healthier marriage and healthier relationships with your children and those around you if you can get control of what veggie would call those angry eyebrows all right you guys hope that's been encouragement for i don't know who that was for today but i uh, i think it's for somebody because it wasn't on my list today and i thought you know I'm going to talk about this today. I think it's really important. If you haven't joined me for my new Bible study, it comes out the first week in April. We are going to be going through Genesis chapter 1 through 11. The, uh, the, the passages so often that my friend Ken Ham talks about the Genesis 1 to 11 attack, the foundational attacks that are being levied against the word of God, the authority of God, and the good news of the gospel that is really foundationally laid for us in Genesis chapter 1 to 11. That study is called Supernatural. Having a creator changes everything. And I think you guys are going to love it. That That study is open to all women. So if you're interested in joining, you can join it at momstronginternational.com. And now is a great time to do it. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening. We would love your support uh, for what we're doing here at Firmly Planted Family. If you want to get behind our vision to help bring homeschool resource centers to families across the United States, We would love to partner with you in that. You can give directly to us by sending a check to 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington 98682, or you can give online. And I will link back to that in the show notes today. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening. And I will see you right back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and